Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and I'm all alone today. Colin Mitchell could not make it. He, um, he had work. You know how that goes. And so I will be bringing to you this uh, podcast episode by myself. I'm going to try to keep it around 20 minutes, more or less. Uh, just try to get in, get out. Um, yesterday, I basically spent the whole day watching Conference USA basketball, so I want to get what I took away from the day into y'all because I know not everyone has the time to watch those episodes religiously, episodes, those games religiously. So let's get right into it. I mean, the game that I want to start with is the game that I feel is the more most important because this is a North Texas podcast, and that is North Texas and Louisiana Tech. Now, everybody has their opinions already of what they saw or what they didn't see because the game was on CUSA TV, so... Not a lot of people saw it, and even when they did see it, the broadcast was terrible. But North Texas essentially had a 34-20 to lead at halftime and was outscored 46-19 to in the second half and ended up losing the game 66-35. to And that and three of those second-half points came on a basically last-second shot by Jemiah Simmons. So it was a game where the only player that was out for North Texas was Ryan Wardridge. Jemiah Simmons was back off injury. Joe Jordan Duffy was back off injury. They had the rest of their roster to play with, pretty much. We saw different lineups, I would say, than the past month, obviously, because Jordan Duffy's missed a whole month. And Jordan Duffy wasn't great. He wasn't explosive, but he was fine. He got in there. He hit a three. He did some stuff well. I At least it looks like he always has control. You know, he it looks like he doesn't try to force too much. And it was a game where everybody tried to force stuff at some point. Um, also, I, w- I want to mention Jemiah Simmons. Getting him back is pretty big for this team just because of the physicality he- that he brings. But he didn't play much backup center minutes. A lot of those minutes went to Shaquem Alcindor, which is a shocker. I mean, if you follow this team at all, you haven't seen Sh- Shaquem Alcindor more than like four minutes against AM Commerce. Like that. That's the only time we've seen him. So that showed that the rotations still are not crisp with this team. We still don't know exactly what we're getting from this team night in and night out. And I don't think that's coaching. I think that's in this, I think that's just players not being consistent, not being seasoned. Um, you have guys that are going to be really good against some teams, really bad against the same team, or really bad against other teams. So you just get this lack of continuity is what it looks like and that's what it showed in the second half when you go against a Louisiana Tech team that has length that has aggressive perimeter defenders you're going to look bad if you are not on the same page and not consistent and in the second half they just fell apart the ball pressure from Louisiana Tech I mean on Mo or Duffy or Rose just was too much DJ as well they North Texas just couldn't well first they couldn't buy a bucket Second of all, the pace was really slow for them in the half court, and they turned the ball over numerous times. I think they had 21 turnovers in the game, led to 25 Louisiana Tech points. That's pretty much the story of the game. When I talked to Coach McCaslin after the game, it was pretty simple. Like The turnovers led to buckets for them, and then after they scored buckets that quickly, North Texas had to walk it down and play against a long, good Louisiana Tech defense on the road where Louisiana Tech has not lost this season. So it's a pretty basic game when you look at it in that context. I thought that in the first half, North Texas was tremendous. 
offensive rebounding, um, defending with a purpose. I mean, they were on a rope. There was a lot to like in the first half. In the second half, it kind of just went out the window once the consistency was there and once the ball handlers were unable to, A, get in transition off of stops, and B, just not turn the ball over. I mean, that's pretty much the story of the game. And so what I saw from that game is the magnification of Ryan Woolridge's absence. When in the first half, this team looked fine. The team looked really good. But the consistency of the guards to create at that level for that long against that good of a defense is just not... I don't think it's possible. I don't think it's possible for this team to do that without Ryan Woolridge. So Ryan Woolridge's absence was huge. Um, Zach Simmons had his moments. Roosevelt Smart scored 12 points in the first half. I was ecstatic for him. He looks great. And then he didn't score in the second half. So... I mean, they scored seven points over a 13-minute stretch. I think that's really all that needs to be said on this podcast about this game is that they struggled to maintain consistency creating good looks. And that is a direct result of Ryan Woolridge not being there. Now, you can say it's one player. It's, you know, he can't shoot. He's not a great scorer. He scores like 12 or 13 points a game. I agree with you that he's not going to single-handedly like score the ball for this team in a way that or even he might not even score or assist in a way that is going to dominate or lead this team past really good teams in Conference USA. But the, his ability to constantly push the pace, constantly put the pressure on the team, constantly put other teams in rotation is what Ryan Woolworth does best. And I think that that was sorely missed. Maybe even more than in any game. I mean, any other time he's gone to the bench this year, I mean... I can't think of this team looking worse than they did over that 13-minute stretch. That was painful to watch. So I get a lot of questions asking, you know, what's wrong with this team? Or just people telling me what they think is wrong, you know, because everyone has their theories of what's wrong. People are saying, you know, it's the coach. It's the players not being physical enough. It's the players not knowing. Or it's the players. Okay, I don't know how to say this because I'm just going to go with not physical enough again because – People are calling some people are calling the players out on Twitter and I understand the frustration completely. I am not a long time North Texas fan. I have not even I don't consider myself a North Texas fan right now. I'm a reporter covering the team. But if I had an affinity to this North Texas team and I saw what this team was th- even 3 weeks ago, 4 weeks ago, like this is a team that should have beat UTSA on the road. And now this team looks like they are inept Often, like time after time, they've lost four games in a row. And how many times over that stretch have they looked inept? Really often. But everyone has their theories is what I'm trying to say of what's going wrong. And I just, I think there's a realization we have to come to. I said this about three podcasts ago when I said that this team was not a good shooting team. I completely stand by that. You look at the numbers, this team is not a really good shooting team. They have guys that can make open threes, but they're not a team that can put pressure on you and expand you to a point that opens up the lane or opens up the post. When Zach Simmons catches the ball in the post, he's still getting double teamed, like relentlessly. And Mo is a good shooter. You know, Mike is a fine shooter. DJ is a fine shooter. Um, Rose is not a good shooter right now. Duffy still shoots under 30%. It's just a calamity of stuff right now that does not lead to them being a good shooting team. So that's what I said a while ago, and I think I'm right on that. 
But now I think it has to expand to a point that this team offensively is so limited in what they can do. Even with Ryan, they're limited in what they can do. Without Ryan, they're they're might be one of the top bottom three offenses in all of conference. And I don't think that's an exaggeration. But with Ryan, I still just think this team has too many deficiencies on the offensive side of the ball to be elite, to be a top five team in Conference USA um, consistently. Does that mean they can't win a conference tournament with Ryan? No, that does not mean that at all. I actually like their matchup against a lot of teams in conference. But I'm saying to consistently win throughout an 18-game conference season, this team is not good enough offensively to do that, or to to win the conference. They're not good enough to win 15 of 18. I just don't see that. And I think that's the realization that we need to come to as this, as uh, as watchers of North Texas. There's a limit to what this team can do offensively, and if they don't execute that offensively, they have to be so good defensively and rebounding and not turning the ball over that it's just really hard to do for a team that is undersized. Like, they're, what are they, the 15th shortest team in the country? It's asking so much of them to do. And Graham McCaslin, I think, has done a tremendous job, tremendous job defensively and rebounding. Like, those are two intangible things more so than anything. Like, mindset-wise, I think rebounding and defense are, he, Graham McCaslin has that locked down. Without a question, he has that in this team. But offense is a different game. Offense is when you go to the pickup. I mean, you go to go play pickup basketball outside, and you pick players. You pick them off of offense. You don't pick them because they're going to try really hard, and because that is what separates people. James Harden is what separates people from Andre Roberson, Danny Green. It's a different world when you have guys that can create their own shots and score, or even just create good shots for other people like Chris Paul or someone there there's a different aura that a player carries with them when that happens so that's why I think that without Ryan the offense you cannot be expecting this offense to do anything significant I just that's a realistic opinion and they've shown us that time after time when Ryan goes to the bench Ryan's offensive rating is through the roof without him on the court it's very very bad I want to say it's like 90 or maybe even less than that I have to go back and check it again but that's basically all I'm trying to say here is that the personnel of this team can have good offensive nights. There's no debating that. They can. But when they play good teams, whether that's in conference or that's Oklahoma, um, they're going to struggle probably eight or nine times out of ten. And so I think we just have to come to that realization as North Texas watchers. And if you're all a North Texas fans, you have to just realize that offensively this team is so limited in what they can do. And then – I mean, you play teams like Old Dominion, Western Kentucky, even um, Louisiana Tech, who are bigger teams, and then your rebounding advantage is minimized. Your defensive advantage is minimized. So it's just it's just tough for me to come on here and be like, oh, well, Ryan, when Ryan comes back, everything's going to be fine, because I don't think everything's going to be completely fine. I just think that they have problems. I think they're going to be able to have a chance to put a string of games together, but a lot is going to have to break right for them, and they're going to have to shoot the ball way better than what they're doing right now. I don't think that's a that's a secret at all. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, North Texas plays FAU on Thursday night at home, and they, then they play Marshall on Sunday night at home. 
two home games, two huge games. For the record, I mean, I predicted them to lose to Louisiana Tech and then win these next three games because I thought everybody would be healthy for these last three games, and I still think that's going to be true. So be excited for that at least. I mean, <laughs> you have to go into these last three games saying that North Texas is the favorite, right? I mean, let me let me know what you think. Uh, you can always message me on Twitter, uh, whether that's DM or just tweet at me, at MattBruni25. Um I look forward to seeing what people think about this team going into this Thursday matchup against um, FAU because I think that they, with Ryan they should, be, they should beat FAU. And then Marshall's pretty bad on the road, so I would also take them to win against Marshall. But who knows at this point? I mean, if Rose doesn't hit a shot, it's going to be tough for this team. Duffy has to be at least a shell of himself. He has to be at least solid. Um, and he was he was solid, um, or he was a shell of himself at least against uh, Louisiana Tech, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I think he was just getting comfortable, so I think he'll be fine. Um, Zach, I mean everyone else has to play better, so we'll see what happens. I'm very interested in this team. I know a lot of people are. A lot of people are panicking. A lot of people are saying, "What is happening?" There, a lot of people are selling their stock. I'm not saying I'm buying their stock. I'm just saying. Maybe don't sell it until they lose one of these two home games. Then I'm going to be worried. But you look at it, if they get the 6th or 7th seed in conference in the in going into the tournament, I think you still have to be pretty happy with that, right? We talked about this last week. You don't want to play Old Dominion, so you don't want to be an 8, and you don't want to be a 5. Well, you can't be a 5 in this pool, but you know what I mean. You don't want to be 8 or 9. So 6 or 7, you take your chances with whoever you play. I think if they get in the 8 or 9, then you have to be like, all right, let's uh, let's just make it to the next round. But there's a long way to go before then, and I want to get into some other Conference USA games real quickly because it was a fun day. It was a really fun day to watch Conference USA basketball, and I caught the final 30 minutes of both these games. So I missed like the first 10 or 15 minutes of both these games, but you know, you you get a good idea of what happened as the game progresses. So Old Dominion, Western Kentucky, the first game of pool play ever, like in existence in college basketball. Um, The two best teams in Conference USA, right? Nobody can dispute that at this point anymore. I think that West Kentucky, even when – because we used to always say West Kentucky is an inconsistent team. They need to play well to actually put teams away. I'm not really buying that anymore. I think that even when they don't play their best, they're still better than UTSA. They're still better than UAB and Southern Miss. Like, that team is too good to just not be the second team, not be the second best team. But Old Dominion at home did what I thought they'd do. They came out. They put on a show. They shot the ball well. Uh, BJ Stith is such a – God, he's so good. He is just such a baller. I mean, he might be the best player in this conference right now or having the best season, I should say. Um, they had a big game from Xavier Green. I think he dropped 21 or somewhere around there. Uh, he hit big shot after big shot after big shot. He, If they get a third score on that team, nobody's beating that team. That's being completely honest. Xavier Green, Ahmad Caver, and BJ Stith, if those three are scoring or are playing well, because Ahmad Caver didn't even play, have a good game. Like don't, don't think that everybody played well for ODU. They didn't. But BJ Stith and... Xavier Green having good games and shooting the ball well just carried them. And while West Kentucky is a good team that has a lot of talent, they don't have a lot of shooting. 
and you saw that you see that a lot late in games. You saw it a lot when another NBA reference when Joel Embiid last year or two years ago would get the ball in the post a lot late in games. That those Sixers teams didn't have enough shooting. So that's what that's what this Western Kentucky team is. They have a really dominant big, but one that struggles when there's not enough spacing around him. And I think that's basically what happened there. Um, they went to West Charles Bassey late to tie the game. He got fouled. He missed the front end of the two shots, and then he missed the second one on purpose for some reason when they were only down two. And so, yeah, they missed. They BJ Stith went down, hits two free throws. The game's over. 67-63 for Old Dominion. Old Dominion is now, I think, through like three games up or two games ahead in the lost column of UTSA, who's in second at nine and five. ODU is eleven and three at this point, if I'm not mistaken. Twelve and three. Oh, I better get this right, or else somebody on Twitter, somebody's gonna at me on Twitter. I have it right here. UTSA is nine and five. Old Dominion is twelve and three. So there you go. I mean, they're pretty handily in front, two and a half games up of UTSA. They'll see out that first place. They'll win the conference because they are the best team. UTSA did not play yesterday. I was looking forward to seeing that, um, or I'm looking forward to seeing them in the future. Um, but yeah, West Kentucky drops down. I mean, they're nine and six. We'll see how they play down the stretch. I mean, I, they are a team that is kind of fickle, though. So we'll see how they come together and pull it out at the end. Let's get to UAB and Southern Miss real quickly because that was might have been an even better game. UAB comes back from down. Okay. They were down four. I'm trying to remember this in my head. They were down four with about a 40 seconds left to Southern Miss in in Mississippi. So and then Scooty, man, this guy Scooty, uh, Zach Bryant, that is his name. I just completely blanked on his name. But Zach Bryant gets a deep, deep three, gets time to set his feet, shoots it, hits it, cuts it to one. They end up making enough plays, send it to overtime because um, Sullivan hits a three that banks in in the corner with like 15 seconds left. It was absurd. Um, So they send the game to overtime, and then UAB is just really physical, and they're a team that has enough scoring off the dribble to put Southern Miss, not a good defensive team, in rotation. So... It caused them a lot of problems, and in overtime it kind of showed, and UAB pulls away there. But the takeaway I had from this game is that, God, both of these teams are really solid. Like, I have no problem saying that these two teams have a very good chance of making a run there. UAB, you look at Sullivan, you look at Bryant, those two alone are really solid scorers, and then you have others along with them that can shoot, that can make some plays, that can defend really well. I like what UAB has a lot. Now, I like Southern Miss maybe even more, even though they lost. Like, you look at Tyree Griffin, baller. Um, you look at Cortez Edwards, baller. I mean, you go uh, Drain. I'm not going to remember his first name. I think Lucas. Some Drain can shoot the ball at the gym. He's tall. He's long. He's athletic. He's a baller. Then you go, they have four that can shoot. They have a backup. I mean, they have backup guards that can come in and play. They have a lot of depth on this Southern Miss team that I like. They're not a great defensive team. But I think they can score the ball with anybody. And so that gives them a good chance going forward. Um, so honestly, Southern Miss and UAB, like <laughs> that, those, those top five teams right now have looked, looked really good to me yesterday, not including uh, UTSA. 
Um, so those four teams, I should say, all four of them looked really good for me. Like their stock went up for me, all four of them. It was close games. It was entertaining games. I tweeted out that I love pool play because I do. This is tremendous. I cannot wait to see Old Dominion UTSA or whoever the hell UTSA plays next. I cannot wait to see that. And I just think this is a great idea. I mean, North Texas playing teams of their caliber or that are on their level that are winnable games and you don't have to play Rice again or you don't have to play UTSA. I can't speak. Can't play UTEP again and can't play Old Dominion again. So you actually have competitive games consistently. I think yesterday was just the the tip of the iceberg. And it's going to be absolutely tremendous. Also, I should mention that let – me, let me make sure I get this right before – before anyone comes at me, FIU did beat FAU uh, yesterday. It was a, I want to say it was a four-point game. But again, let me, let me get this right since I'm always prepared on this podcast. Yes, there was a three-point game, 79-76. Uh, again, high-scoring game. FIU is the team that can score. We know that. Uh, FAU is a little very different team. I'm really, really fascinated by that matchup of FAU and North Texas because if North Texas plays well I just think that they are good enough to win that game just off talent which you can't say about all the, a lot of teams in this conference North Texas is more talented than FAU in my opinion Chris Stapleton is really good for FAU but if with Ryan Woodge I'm taking North Texas in that game so there's a lot that's going to happen over the next week everybody I think plays two games uh, except for those people on buys or whatever however that works out but there's going to be two two game days, all right? So we'll have plenty to talk about on Monday whenever uh, when we do the podcast. Uh, we're going to start, I think, I mean, that's all I had. Again, if you have any Conference Tuesday questions or comments, tweet them at me at MattBruni25. I will answer you 100% of the time if they are reasonable and make sense. So, yeah, make sure they're reasonable and make sense. Um, we're at about the 22-minute mark. It's about how long I wanted to keep it. Um, again, North Texas plays FAU on Thursday and Marshall on Sunday, both at home. Check those games out. I will be there. They're going to be really entertaining games, I think, because Ryan Woods will be healthy and he will be, he'll be aggressive. I think he'll be very aggressive going forward. So, if and if he's aggressive, I think the shooters benefit around him. I just think it's a whole different team if Ryan Woods is healthy and playing well. So, that's my take on that. The only announcement I had today will that will be that. All of our podcasts from now on will be on Mondays, I believe. Until we change that, I think Colin works on Sundays from now on. We're going to do the podcast on Monday. And plus, next week, North Texas plays on Sunday. So we're just going to do it on Monday anyways. So we will be getting a little bit more into football um, just going into the spring season. I think spring football starts in like two or three weeks, something like that. We'll get into that eventually. And... I'm excited to see how we can cover both football and basketball. Uh, we're going to do two podcasts, or we might just do brief football podcasts. Who knows? We'll see. We'll figure it out. Um, again, follow my work on Mean Green 24-7. Uh, it means a lot. We're just starting this North Texas site up on 24-7 Sports, which is a huge platform, um, and it means a ton to me to be able to get going on this site, and it means a lot to see the support that I've been able to get on this site. Thank you for that very much, and hopefully I'm able to continue to produce content that helps North Texas fans and also gives them a little bit of insight if they are subscribers. So there's my way of plugging that you should become a subscriber. Um, whether it's monthly or annually, it just um, helps a lot to what we're trying to do here. It's a new site. 
We're getting growing slowly. It's about to be recruiting season though, so um, we'll begin some VIP content up. We had a whole week of basically recruiting <laughs> last week, so check all that out. Um, basketball, we will have recaps. I'll have player grades as well for VIPs for subscribers. Um, make sure you take advantage of that. And I think that's all I had to plug. Oh, follow us on Apple at uh, Bruni's Breakdown Podcast, SoundCloud, same thing, Bruni's Breakdown Podcast. Um, Twitter at CAGH Mitchell for Colin at Matt Bruni 25 for me. Um, Twitch, we did not Twitch this episode, but Bruni's underscore breakdown, that is the Twitch. And I think that's all I had. Also, leave a review on Apple. It helps us out a lot, and I really, we really appreciate it because, you know, we're just, we're just kids here just trying to make a podcast for North Texas fans. That's all we do. We enjoy what we do, and we really hope that you enjoy it. So leave us a rating. We, uh, we'd appreciate it very much. I think that's all I had to plug. That was like a long plug session, but that's all I had. Uh, thanks for joining me, and Colin and I will be back on Monday to get you your North Texas fix. Thanks. Have a good week, and bye.